Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good Wednesday morning. Joining me now as we break down all the market action, how's hump day, Ryan Huang? Well, it's been quite a busy week with twists and turns and lots of stories to talk about today. A lot happened overnight. I was up from 2 to 5, Ryan. Why was happening between 2 and 5? Well, Michelle could not sleep. That was what was up. I was doing a lot of work. So what do you do when you can't sleep? Work, right? Work. So mm. does that put you to sleep? Or at least they're all productive. <laughs> so you've got your day done already. You can now take uh, a rest. No, hardly. Thanks, Ryan. I'm going to snooze. Over to you. All right, let's start the day with corporate earnings. And you know the drill, guys. Three companies, three very different industries. And we check out how they're doing, what it all means for the broader markets and the economy. Today's contestants are from the US, Singapore. Two companies start with the letter N. Yes, I think you know which one. You definitely know one of the two. The other is PG. So, I was shopping online, looking at those Black Friday deals. They're really great. Thinking about how artificial intelligence might change my shopping experiences when a notification popped up on my phone about a two-year fixed mortgage rates. All right, from that sentence, can you parse which three industries are in focus? Did you say retail IT and property. Well, you are correct, my friend. Our three companies in focus are Nordstrom, NVIDIA, and PG is property guru. All right, let's start with NVIDIA. So its earnings report is widely viewed as the biggest event this week for us investors. And the company is not disappointed. NVIDIA easily topped revenue and earnings expectations for the latest quarter. And it set a new top line record. 18 billion US dollars in the process. What is driving NVIDIA's strong performance, Ryan? Yeah, this is a standout quarter for NVIDIA. And of course, the earnings results or report that everyone was watching out for because it was the best stock so far this year, up 240%. And looking at the revenue growth, it does justify it to some extent because it grew 206% in the third quarter. And looking at the forecast, it is set to do even better in the next quarter, 231%. That is what the NVIDIA guidance is looking for for the fourth quarter coming up. So you have NVIDIA really raking it in because of all the demand that is down to AI chips and servers. And just to give you some context, just two years ago, the main bulk of the business for NVIDIA came from video games, the GPU stuff, the units, the graphics processing units. That was the main part of the business. Now, it is from servers, the chips they make from data centers and server farms because everyone needs data crunching power and that comes down to the AI chips. So, you have that change in um, engines when it comes to growth and now, with all the chat GPT dialogues, everyone trying to get a slice of the pie when it comes to AI, come up with their own AI bots, you have NVIDIA in a very sweet spot. Indeed. Despite the strong numbers, though, investors sold off NVIDIA shares once those numbers were announced. Maybe they're just taking profits as NVIDIA's share price is up some 240% since the start of the year amid all that enthusiasm about NVIDIA's role in servicing the AI boom. And demand for those graphic processing units has been exceeding supply thanks to the rise of generative artificial intelligence. You have a point. Yeah, there was one warning that came through from NVIDIA, which is the 
potential negative impact in the next quarter because of export restrictions. So this is something they flagged because of the US-China tensions. Uh, That's affecting sales to organizations in China and other countries. So a bit of a question mark, but it is perhaps profit-taking, like I pointed out, it has been on a bit of a rally. Mm. Investors making maybe taking that as an excuse to take some money off the table. Yeah, how will supply chain diplomacy then interfere with the kind of growth that we're seeing NVIDIA power, at least uh, in the last quarter? All right, next up, let's look at retailer Nordstrom. They have some cool-looking boots and jackets on their site for Black Friday sales, but it seems that consumer demand has been soft. Nordstrom sales slid by nearly 7% in the last quarter. So what is the department store's Forecast for the full year, Ryan. Yeah, so you've got a picture. Not a surprise. The retail mood, folks, not buying as much stuff as before because of cost of living pressures. So they have been generally turning to more budget stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's perhaps one reason why Nordstrom's numbers, sales are down nearly 7% year on year. But as you've pointed out, they are keeping their full year sales outlook pretty much steady, reiterating that they expect revenue to decline by between 4 and 6% versus a year ago. So no changes despite the latest pressure from its report cut in terms of the sales decline. Uh, a couple of things going on with Nordstrom. They have been trying a few new things, including a push into opening more of its off-price stores like Nordstrom Rack, so bringing in the budget shoppers. You also have a couple of trends they've been trying to capitalize on. So they've been trying to work themselves into uh, introducing new um, brands and trends as well. So some of the categories that they have been performing stronger in the third quarter include beauty. That continues to be the top driver for sales at Nordstrom. Yep. COVID, no COVID, lipstick sales are going to be up. Nordstrom shares fell about 2% overnight. They also lost more ground in after-hours trade. Nordstrom shares, by the way, off nearly 35% over the past 12 months. Okay, my third company in focus today, ladies and gentlemen, is right here in Singapore. It's Property Guru, the online real estate portal Back in the black, it netted a little more than $300,000 in the last quarter. While that is not huge, it definitely beats a $7 million loss, which is what it reported a year ago. So what's driving properties gurus? Uh, improved performance. Yeah, so you have a bit of a better look here. Mm. And this comes off the back of business in Singapore coming in stronger than before, mm-hmm. offsetting the lower revenue in Vietnam. So if you look at the revenue for the third quarter, that grew 13.2%. So you might be wondering what's going on. Why is it still losing money? And even though you've got margins generally improving, there is a bit of a readjustment when it comes to its numbers. So adjusted earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation and amortization, uh, it no longer removes the ongoing costs of Property Guru being a listed entity. And that stood at $5 million for the third quarter. So that kind of takes a hit when it comes to the um, numbers. 
Restated a bit, the numbers factoring in there. If we zoom out, what do you think um, are your takeaways from today's results? And by the way, a little bit of background for Property Guru before we move there. Property Guru shares trade on the New York Stock Exchange and they finish up one and a third percent overnight. All right, let's take a step back. Helicopter view, Ryan. Takeaways from today's earnings results. Yeah, I think I would go with the trend is your friend. And I think if you started a year thinking NVIDIA is expensive, maybe it's a bit too late to jump on a bandwagon. Well, look at what you have right now. NVIDIA is up 240% and even more to go perhaps. So really the momentum of the trend is quite difficult to fight against. Mm. And I think Nordstrom to some extent also recognizing that a trend is something you need to pay attention to. So they are paying attention to capitalizing on what's making money, which is beauty and also um, accessories and sportswear seems to be working for them. So they are doubling down on that. So I think it's a case of recognizing what works and prioritizing your resources to well, make money from those places. You've got to be alive to the moment to recognize those trends, which is what we're all about. Now, from corporate earnings, I'm going to segue to the world of cryptocurrencies and one of the world's best-known exchanges, certainly the largest, Binance. The company's founder, Changping Zhao, pled guilty to money laundering charges in the U.S. overnight. He will step down from his role as Binance CEO. Uh, good news for Richard Tang, Singaporean, who's going to take his place. And, you know, CZ could face jail time as well. This is a massive downfall for the man who's been one of the most powerful amongst the most influential certainly in the crypto world. So tell us a little bit more about what CZ um, has pled guilty to. Yeah, you've really hit a nail on the head, right? Who would have thought uh, CZ would not be Binance CEO? You know, we're all looking to see him as being the industry icon, or at least you know, the survivor after FTZ, FTX. Mm. So he is no longer CEO of Binance. But if you've been following all these struggles with, with um, crypto and all the industry players, what they've been facing, then it would not be a big surprise. Um, so this is all part of a long-running dispute between Binance and the Department of Justice. So what's happened here is, well, he's pleaded guilty to failing to maintain an effective anti-money laundering program. So according to Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, Binance has turned a blind eye to its legal obligations in the pursuit of profit. And its willful failures has allowed money to flow to terrorists, cyber criminals mm-hmm. and child abusers through its platform. So quite harsh words and going by what we are seeing from a tweet by CZ, now he says admittedly it was not easy to let go emotionally but it's the right thing to do. He's made mistakes and he is taking responsibility and that's the best for the community, Binance and for himself. Apparently, he's going to take some time out from his busy schedule and get into passive investing. Now, Binance has agreed to pay some 4.3 billion US dollars to the US government. In the meantime, Chow's replacement at the helm of Binance is someone with ties to Singapore. Richard Tang used to be director of corporate finance at the Monetary Authority of Singapore. When we look at this case, 
And you mentioned FTX a while ago. So let me put that in context of FTX's collapse. What do you think this means for the wider crypto world? Yeah, it does leave a few question marks because I think the industry was looking for leadership, right? And with FTX out of the picture, everyone's turning to CZ. Hmm. And now he is having to do a bit of a retreat. And then it kind of leaves the industry without that rudder or um, someone to steer, you know, what is supposed to be the next conversation or the next thing on the agenda, right? Who should be pushing forward with the interests for the entire industry? And for a long time, um, Binance CEO CZ has been the guy talking about what needs to be done, mm. regulations, you know, we need to be more mindful of this and that. Yeah. Now that voice is at least not as forthcoming potentially because of his um, absence at the top of the, t- on top of the company for Binance. So that kind of leaves a few question marks for the industry. And I think um, it is going to be interesting times ahead to see if anyone else will step up to fill up that spot. Well, prosecutors specifically charged Binance with breaking, uh, conspiring to run an unlicensed money transmitting business and violating banking and sanction laws. Really bad look for cryptocurrency, right? I would say so, but at least you've got a couple of um, succession plans going on and you've got Richard Tang. He's quite a steady hand. He's been with, like pointed out, the MAS. Mm-hmm. He was also the chief registry officer at the Singapore Exchange. So Richard Tang, quite well-respected in the community as well as a long-time Binance executive. So perhaps things could shape up better for Binance and the wider industry with these changes. So hopefully, um, in time to come, we will see the crypto industry find its feet again. Yeah, I think uh, we'll be talking about this for quite a while. Let's take a look at US markets now. Wall Street's rally ran out of momentum overnight as stocks gave up some of their recent gains. The Nasdaq fell 0.6%. S&P 500, Dow Jones Industrial Average, well, they both fell about 0.2%. All right, let's look at corporate news. We do it up or down style. And with the exception of our first entry, I have to say I have a retail focus today. Let's start with Baidu. All right, Baidu, the Chinese tech giant, which runs a very popular search engine in China, they are an up for me because mm-hmm. earnings have beaten expectations. At least revenue is up. So this, even though growth is slower than the previous three months, but I think it's a case of expectations where people are bracing for worse, but it did come in at 6% higher versus um, the past year. So this is, I guess, encouraging. And also encouraging that they are talking about monetizing their earning bot, mm. their chat GPT version. Mm-hmm. AI clearly paying off for China's Baidu. That 6% rise in revenue translates to 4.7 billion US dollars for the last quarter. And while that's solid, the growth is slower than the previous quarter. All the same, I will give Baidu an up as well today. On to US retailers now. Let's start with Lowe's. Yeah, Lowe's, if you're not familiar with it, is one of those places you go to in the US if you want to... You know, do home projects, home improvement projects like build a shelf or just find stuff to build a garden. Well, they are not doing as well as they hoped. So they are lowering their full year sales outlook because folks are not buying as much stuff because they don't want to spruce up their home. They're not home. They don't have a home to buy. <laughs> and I home. guess they're they're all, out. they're all trying to <laughs> save money and in some cases not even buy a house because of interest rates being high. Right. So all these 
Factors are now weighing on lows. So it's a down for me as lows cuts its sales outlook. Yeah, do-it-yourself projects have been lower than expected for the folks at lows. So the home improvement retailer is certainly cutting its forecast for revenue and profit for the full year. That's a down for Lowe's, one of the U.S. retailers on my list. Let's look at Best Buy. All right, Best Buy is where we are going to be talking about mainly electronics, the higher margin stuff, right? Your iPads, your tablets, your TVs, your washing machines. Well, folks are also cutting back on buying these things. So this is where they are bracing for what they describe as a period of cooler demand and want to brace or prepare for more price-conscious holiday shoppers and that's likely to mean discounts and margin pressures so it's going to be a down for me for best buy yeah i join you there so like lowe's best buy beat expectations on the bottom line but fell short on the top line so revenue was less than expected and the big box store has cut its forecast for the full year that's a down dick's sporting goods all right sporting goods how is that going on for the u.s at least well it has managed to do quite decently for its latest reported third quarter and it's hoping or at least expecting to finish the year very strongly mm-hmm. uh, despite what we've been talking about, consumers being more picky and more price conscious. Dix is optimistic that people are prioritizing a healthy and active lifestyle. So they are going out, going camping, running, walking, everything that might be um, requiring sports goods or equipment. So they are betting or banking on that playing out well for them. Yeah, Dick's sporting good results. Look, they're the strongest of our retailers this morning. Their profits and revenue both higher than expected. The company's customers are buying more at each transaction and making, you know, most the most of their total purchases. On the winning side of Wall Street, definitely Dick's sporting goods. They rose 2.2%, delivered stronger profit and revenue for the third quarter than analysts had expected. Um... Good for Dick's Sporting Goods. The Sporting Goods retailer also raised its forecast for full-year results, by the way. Thank you very much. She's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Wonderful to have your company. And keep it with us here on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.